Hello and welcome to another edition of In The Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino and of course I'm joined by the co-hosts here Chris Martelli and Anthony Piniello. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Mixcloud and YouTube. We're slowly getting those episodes up there but guys I want to begin here because new year and uh, we got some new announcements. Cody Rhodes officially announced All Elite Wrestling and this thing is backed by Jacksonville Jaguars' owner so they got some deep pockets. What are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes announcing a wrestling promotion? And where do you think he is at in his career compared to other stars in pro wrestling? I think uh, this is great for Cody Rhodes in that it's crazy how things kind of go full circle. He went from being nowhere in WWE in 2013 as Stardust. If anyone doesn't remember that, that was Goldust's brother or however they wanted to do that they only did that to see stardust versus goldust and that was awful so seeing how far cody rhodes has come you know and now getting his own wrestling promotion in all elite wrestling it's actually crazy because uh, um pinello was telling me before we even started this podcast that apparently they're worth more than they like they're worth more than wwe already and that is insane. I don't know how that's even possible. But even the names that I can see them even bringing in is amazing. And the opportunities that a lot of wrestlers, where their dream is to be you know, a pro wrestler, um, the indie scenes are going to be shot. There's not going to be a lot of guys left. Definitely not. Um, my biggest question moving into this uh, new wrestling promotion is how many WWE guys take their talents to All Elite Wrestling. That's my biggest that's my biggest question, but yeah, Cody Rhodes is a—he's a businessman clearly, and he's doing everything right. You know, he's been with the Young Bucks for I'd say what a year and a half now, and he's been just rolling. One of the best pro wrestlers in it right now. I'm curious to see if they'll have a like how New Japan and Ring of Honor, oh yeah, are kind of like yeah. on the same turns, and they go back and forth. If All Elite's going to do that with Ring of Honor and New Japan, because just a week ago New Japan lost five of the arguably the their top stars yeah so I'm, I'm curious to see that situation how that plays out and also because um they also need some big names you can't just have a roster of the elite of hangman page the young bucks cody kenny omega down the road and expect to run with it you need some talent you need to go assign some big heavy names and two of them are rumored one of them's competing tomorrow on uh, new japan's show Russell kingdom is chris jericho who in the past has said he's not going to wrestle anywhere else in the States other than Vince McMahon. And another surprising name that I saw is Bill Goldberg coming out of retirement at 50 to wrestle in all elite wrestling, maybe as their attraction, maybe be like a one-off type of guy. What are your thoughts on these two names possibly joining them? Goldberg, I don't really understand. I think that's the opposite of what they're trying to do for WWE. Yeah, that's perfect. But, yeah, for All Elite, I think this is a chance for more of the indie guys to, you know, make some more money and get in there for a main promotion. But if Goldberg, if they think he's going to sell some extra tickets, like, why not? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think for sure Goldberg is the odd one out. I feel like if they really want to make wrestling wrestling and less entertainment like WWE and TNA and what we've seen in the past – Try and avoid guys like Goldberg, even though he does sell seats. I think it's all about what you put on in the ring and how good you are. And I feel like the indie guys all deserve it more than Goldberg. So Goldberg has had his time. He's 50 years old. Just call it a career, man. Like, I think that's enough. 
Chris Jericho to me is a name where he's basically been everywhere and he's thrived everywhere. So going to All Elite to me would not be a surprise. But again, the loyalty that he's had to WWE, I can't really see him being there for a long time. I can maybe see him maybe working a program with Cody and then maybe leaving. But two great veterans in the business, but I feel like Goldberg definitely does not need All Elite Wrestling at all. Yeah, because there's also another name, Jim Ross. Who's, you know, he hasn't been, WWE hasn't used him. They have him under contract. He's barely calling events. He was uh, under contract too in New Japan doing their English commentary for Access TV. Here's a recognizable name. Everyone loves hearing his voice. Mako! Yeah, Jim Ross. <laughs> he knows that business. You put him on the mic right there, established product. Another guy that I read about is Barry Bloom, who I did some like research on him. He represented a lot of guys as their agent. And he got a lot of people a lot of money. So they're going to be loyal to him. Could we see him use some of those tactics in his recruiting and build this company up? Well, it's funny. I've seen a lot of names in WWE that want fresh starts. Like you have the Ty Dillingers, the Sami Zayns. You have even a guy like a CM Punk who, if he wants to go back to wrestling, here's a perfect outlook. Brand new wrestling company. He never had a bad relationship with Cody Rhodes. Loves the Young Bucks. I'm pretty sure when he was asked in a... uh, UFC interview, he basically said, oh, isn't Kenny Omega the top guy, Young Bucks? So he's aware of who the best is. And if he's going to come back and he sees that Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, they all start a wrestling promotion. It's like, I want to be competing against the best that wrestling has to offer. So maybe that could help him come back. But yeah, Jim Ross has been a legendary commentator for I don't know how long. Um, love his voice. We all know, you know, when that, when something extreme happens, it's, oh, my God, he did that. He is a family. And, yeah, Barry Bloom, I could see him. He could do his job. He could definitely recruit a lot of guys. But how about this, guys? You see Jim Ross and Mauro Ranallo commentate at All Elite Wrestling. I think that's my dream duo right there. That's a good <laughs> That would be incredible. But, yeah, All Elite Wrestling has a lot of uh, potential right now. And I, I'm kind of scared for WWE, not going to lie. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So, like, Okay, because we saw this in the past with WCW. They took Hulk Hogan, they took Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and anybody who had any affiliation, they'll just find a role for him in the NWO. TNA did what All Elite Wrestling is doing now. They had AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, these young guys, and they really built up like a great alternative. With WWE's ratings the way they are right now, they're pretty down. The interest is not there. Can All Elite get some of the attention and really build it up to where, you know what, maybe people are going to want to tune in to All Elite instead of WWE on a weekly basis. Uh, I I feel right away because the ratings on Raw have just been horrid for like five months now. Me as a wrestling fan and me as a guy that wants to see something different, I feel like a new wrestling promotion in general coming up and seeing a guy like Cody Rhodes, like basically the main guy, I'm sorry, I'm going to tune into that right away because I want to see what they have to offer. Uh, I feel like Raw really needs to step up in storylines, in establishing new stars. Like we saw, what, two weeks ago, they said, oh, we're going to give you what you want. We're going to give you new stars. And we just saw John Cena return. That's and a it's, tricky game yeah. they're playing, that is. And it's like, you want to see the new stars. You want to see the Lars Sullivans. You want to see the Garganos, the Champas. But at the end of the day, if all elite's going to come in here and they're seeing that these guys are not getting the time in WWE... I can see a guy like a Barry Bloom be like, hey, you want to come to All Elite Wrestling? We'll give you the time. We'll give you the the main event spot. Uh, I think that's it right there. Like, regardless of ratings, it's just about the opportunity. And that's if they it. see there's another Fresh main start. company yeah. here with all of this money out of nowhere, which is a huge advantage they have over the other indie 
companies. I don't see why they wouldn't jump ship some of them. Like especially guys like Ty Dillinger, where like they were so touted and then yeah. they come up and it's like, okay, you're a joke. Same with Tyler Breeze. Like these guys can actually wrestle. Like their characters are flawed, but they can wrestle. And that's I feel like all elite wrestling, they should give guys like that an actual chance to wrestle. Like we saw two weeks ago, Tyler Breeze actually put on a pretty good match with Dean Ambrose. We all know Dean was winning, but Tyler Breeze got his opportunity in there. But yeah, man, all elite wrestling, I think for me, it's all about opportunity. And a lot of wrestlers are definitely going to, they're going to thrive and they're going to want that opportunity. So a lot of people are going to be knocking on Cody Rhodes' door very soon. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think one of them will be Dolph Ziggler. Um, There's been uh, a little bit, like he's been a little upset with his role. They try to like smooth it out with them. We'll give him the opportunity with Drew. And then again, goes down, wins the Intercontinental title. Then we don't hear him again. It gets that little deep push button. Uh, if he goes over, do you see like him finally become that big star that WWE will regret letting go? I want to say yes, but I don't think so. I feel like he's a guy now in a company where he can be a like second-tier guy. He can't be the top guy because, again, Cody Rhodes is there. I'm sorry, he's... Like, way better than Dolph Ziggler. But Ziggler, again, has all the talent in the world. He's got the wrestling. He's got, you know, the history. But, again, I, we said it three weeks ago when he feuded with McIntyre. It was either this is going to help him or this is going to crush him. And right now, it's crushed him. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the opportunity is there for Ziggler to leave if he wants to. He's had numerous opportunities to leave in the past. Never has. He's been loyal. So, I have no idea, man. I don't know if he's going to leave. I don't know if he's going to stay. But at this point in his career, I think he's 39 years old, 38. I, w- I think he wants a new chain, like a new a new start. So going all elite, that's not a, that's not out of the question. They brought him up again, and in like two weeks they crushed him because it was looking good for the longest time. It's true. And then <laughs> they they went about that feud the wrong way, and then that was it for him. But if he goes there, he can absolutely be a top star. I just don't think he will because he's been so loyal for so long, and like you said, he's almost 40 years old. Yeah. I don't know if he'll make the jump now. I mean, it's crazy, again, with this whole wrestling promotion, because we always have to ask who's leaving, who's joining, like, all this stuff. Another name that I heard coming back is uh, is CM Punk, and yeah. he's apparently rumored to be going to All Elite Wrestling if his UFC career. We all know it's it hasn't yeah, been the greatest. It's, it's done. So, <laughs> it's done. You know, um it's crazy to think how he used to be the top guy in WWE, and now when you, when you bring up WWE, he basically wants to avoid the question. He doesn't want to even answer it. So if if we see CM Punk go to All Elite Wrestling, does that is that like a lock that AJ Lee is going there? Because then like AJ AJ yeah. Lee is one of the greatest women wrestlers I've seen in a long time. She carried that. 2014 2015 in wwe at a really bad time we grew up in that shithole yeah. <laughs> like like garbage so there are great people available for all re- all elite wrestling to go out and get and again they're already worth more than wwe so will we see wwe decline in the upcoming years i think it's going to be good in that you know competition elevates everyone so wwe is going to be on the ball like they're not going to risk okay we can have this be bad we have to write some better product. We got to pay some guys whose contracts are coming up, like AJ Styles. We have to pay him more, give him what they want, give uh, Brock Lesnar a little bit less, and spread it around a little. Just bit. leave, get out. <laughs> I don't want to do anymore. If they want those big attraction names, like Daniel Cormier, who's the UFC heavyweight champ, they're going to have him on commentary. 
Conor McGregor, if they were like instead of paying Conor McGregor all that money, they're gonna be like, okay, someone's getting a pay cut. We gotta give uh, Charlotte Flair more money. We gotta give Becky Lynch more money because when their contracts are up, they're gonna look at all elite paying all these guys like a million dollars, like five hundred thousand dollars. And I think it's gonna be good at the end of the day. Everyone gets paid more. Everyone becomes a bigger star. And WWE's been like too comfortable, I think, in the last ten years with their program. As long as this improves WWE's product, I'm all in for all of this. All all, all elite wrestling, WWE. I'm in for everything. But for me, the biggest question is, what programs would improve WWE television? Like, that's my biggest question right now because, like, we've seen so many programs that are just basically recycled and we've seen it before. But if there's one program that you guys think would improve WWE ratings, what would it be and why? I think right now, it's 19, uh, 2019, sorry. 22 years ago, Vince McMahon opened up Raw in this little video package and said, you know what? I think our fans are too uh, tired of having their intelligence insulted. They're going to introduce a new program called Attitude, a new fresh product. I think Vince McMahon needs to do something similar. Get it like those amazing uh, LED green screens he has in the back at WWE headquarters. Make a new fresh video, have an XFL logo in the back so we can promote that and say, you know what, start bringing some attitude into the WWE again. This is going to be so out there, but similar to what TNA did with the Bound for Glory series, when they actually keep track of wins and losses. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of the year, it'll result in a championship match because it seems like week after week, guys will go out and they take meaningful loss after loss and it means nothing and it goes nowhere. And there's no really story to it. So if there's one big tournament and at the end of the day you get a title shot that can uh, that can really spice things up. Again, yeah, I feel like not a lo- not enough people are getting opportunities either. Like I feel like when you look at the Universal Championship division and you look at like the WWE Championship division, there is no division. Well, w- the people <laughs> the people that are that are going after it, it's basically like three people. Yeah. It's not enough. <laughs> they don't fine. they don't spice it up. Like when Rusev faced Styles, that was actually very cool. Like you don't get that. So I feel like with Lesnar, it's always been Reigns. With Reigns, it's always been like, I don't know, like it's been Strowman. So like it's been those three guys for I'd say at least a year and a half now. Ever since Owens lost the belt, it's been those three. And obviously you have to add Goldberg in because he was the champ. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> but even with the WWE title, we love AJ Styles, but it's been Styles, it's been Nakamura, and it's been basically Brian. And, like, that's basically it. That's been the cutoff for the majority of the year. So, and then, of course, before that, you had Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, and that was not good at all. So I feel like right now, if they want to improve the product, you got to bring back unpredictability. you got to just have... Like, hey, the, 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 the newest thing, Mustafa Ali coming out on SmackDown, it's like, okay, this guy's just basically getting a push out of nowhere. You need that more. Yeah. I feel like you need that more. Like, even give a guy like a Ty Dillinger, give him a random push out of nowhere. Like, just do, so, do, do stuff like that. You should do that on Raw. Take another guy from 205 randomly and just throw him in. Drew Gulag. Yeah, I was going to say Drew Gulag. <laughs> do that. Like, it, it's just, I feel like they just have this, they rely on the same stars and they rely on those stars very heavily, like very heavily. Like, again, taking, for example, the Rollins-Ambrose match. They're relying on them so heavily that if they have a bad match, their future position in the company is basically shattered. So it's like it's pretty dumb to think that, yeah, OK, well, we are a big wrestling company, but we basically rely on like 20 of them yeah. in the whole company. <laughs> and it's like you have at least... 
40 other talented wrestlers. I, I didn't even mention NXT that are basically knocking on the door and saying, I want a WWE title. I want a universal title. So to me, if you want the program to be better, bring back unpredictability, bring up new faces and just bring back open challenges because that's fun, too. That's just something that I personally have always liked. Title defenses on Raw and SmackDown. Where are those? Don't see that anymore. John Cena. That's all He's I got. coming back. Recognize John Cena. <laughs> but like, also on that point, like I like what you said there because when you see with Brock Lesnar the same storyline, it's like, oh, I gotta promote uh, Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, the Beast Slayer. Like, who are you guys kidding? <laughs> Seth Rollins is not beating Brock Lesnar in a fight. That's not happening. So you can't promote every week. Oh my God, is he ready to face Brock Lesnar as a storyline when Brock Lesnar is never there for this one match for a title that you would never really promote. So if Brock Lesnar is not the champion, it makes his matches more meaningful because he doesn't need the title to sell. And during that time, you can build Seth Rollins as a dominant champion. And when someone beats him, like we saw in SmackDown, when AJ lost, it's like, wow, Daniel Bryan's a new champ. I'm invested now. So they can't rely on part-timers to hold a world title because it makes it more meaningless and it makes their matches more meaningless going forward. Like, I get the whole entertainment aspect. It's WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. I get that. But if you're bringing back part-timers all the time, Brock, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Triple H, bringing all these guys back just to sell tickets. Like, take it for example, 2016 Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns has to defend the title in in the Royal Rumble. First time ever, a part-timer wins. Batista basically eliminates Roman Reigns, gets booed out of the building, he wins. Rock beats CM Punk 2013, longest reign in history, he wins. So it's like, you got to give at some point where, yeah, the part-timers are good, fulfilling the seats, but don't give them the main title. Yeah. Just don't do that. After so, like 10 years. So yeah, come back and win the title. <laughs> like Give them a match on the card, like middle of it, not the main event. Make those people happy and make sure your stars are looking good on the promotional material. The only thing that I've liked in the last, like I'll say seven years when the part-timers have come back, the only thing I have liked was the Evolution versus the Shield. Yeah. That okay. is the only thing I like because it brought them back. And the Shield basically destroyed Evolution. Like, they killed them in every match. I'm only up for it if they come back to put other people over. That, yeah. Exactly. That's and that's what they did sense. there. Yeah. Again, like, Batista coming back, winning the Royal Rumble. The original plan was not for Daniel Bryan to win the title. No. It's just because the fans were so against the result of that Rumble. It was crazy. It's like, yeah, you know what? We're going to give you Batista versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and that's what you're getting. And it's like, uh, no, we don't want that. That's going to stink. So Maybe like six years before, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's just they got to realize what they said two weeks ago. You got to do that. Yeah. You got to give us new faces. You got to give us what the fans want. But at the end of the day, you got to have your own identity as well, but you got to make the right decisions. I don't think they realize when they bring back these old guys, they may be – bringing in some older fans to watch but they're also pissing off a lot of the current fans yeah. that tune in every week i don't think they understand there's a bit of a disconnect there <laughs> like even remember uh, was it two years ago wrestlemania seth rollins versus triple h we were so excited for seth you know for his return from the injury he just came off a banner year 2015 was basically his year and it's like oh yeah you know seth rollins i want to see him face a roman reigns at wrestlemania i want to see him face a dean ambrose at wrestlemania Hell, I, I even want to maybe see him face a Dolph Ziggler. I don't know. But we got a, we got Triple H. Yeah. So it's like... It's like it's all done right, the promos and stuff, but you know the outcome. Yeah, like Seth will win. 
And it won't well, benefit him at Triple all. Triple H is involved, you never know. <laughs> he might uh, put a fast one. Like, even again, like, there's just so much to talk about with the part-timers. We could even get into Bray Wyatt's career. Oh, my God. Beating the uh, – not beating The Undertaker. Facing The Undertaker, WrestleMania, losing. I don't know. I still don't know to this day why that happened. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I feel like it was a last-second thing where it's like, okay, Undertaker, you lost a streak. We'll give you Bray Wyatt. He's one of the best right now in the business. But you'll beat him. Yeah. It's his, like – His next match was at SummerSlam against Lesnar, wasn't it? Yeah. So what's the point of coming back to bury Wyatt and then leave? I think and then like he beat Lesnar. They miss an opportunity. At WrestleMania 31, instead of doing Sting versus Triple H, they should have Undertaker face Sting, and then that's where he brings his streak back. Undertaker goes over Sting, then Undertaker loses to Roman Reigns after that. Would have made more sense, but no. Let's bring uh, Bray Wyatt up and uh, kill his career. Undertaker, you go over, then face Brock Lesnar, because that's what we all needed, a part-time main event at SummerSlam. <laughs> just at the end of the day, I just want i want to see both promotions strive. I know that WWE will strive. They always have strived, even, w- even when the competition has been great, like New Japan and TNA. But all elite wrestling, I don't know. Like I, The unpredictability right now with who they're going to sign is very intriguing. I have no idea who they're going to sign. Obviously, there's the Goldberg rumors, the Jericho, the CM Punk, the Sammys. Like, we've like a lot of names right now. So I want to see both of them strive. I don't know at the end of the day who's going to be better. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm a wrestling fan. I love both at the end of the day. Just be entertained. But at the end of the day, the, the main thing that I want to get off my chest is what – a turnaround for Cody Rhodes. That's basically the only thing I want to talk about because, wow, what a story. You can argue that uh, since he's left WWE, he's been the best wrestler in the world. I I, I would not disagree with that at yeah. all. He put out a statement, when uh, I guess, when he signed the contract for All Elite, that this was his dream job. It's everything that he's wanted to do, start a wrestling company. And it really has come full circle, like you said before. So on that note... Yeah, it's, it's a great story for him. And also, you know, with his dad passing, I feel like he's making his dad very proud. And even though it's not in WWE, it, he's doing something that he's always wanted to do, and that is make his own wrestling promotion. And having talent like Young Bucks and other intriguing names that may come, WWE may be in trouble. But uh, we have to wait and see on that. The cleaner Kenny Omega, then maybe they'll get the villain Marty Skrull when his contract comes up. He's just, that's a definite thing. So Ring of Honor is probably right now like, oh my god, uh, everyone's leaving. <laughs> I think they should look at a PWG because that's where a lot of the scouting process comes from. Yeah, so a lot of those indie companies are just gonna get shit on. But I think whoever owns Ring of Honor is gonna be looking like uh, I don't know if you guys seen the last episode of Fresh Prince when Will Smith is looking around his living room and everyone's gone. Ring of Honor's owner, that, that's what's happening. So. <laughs> I think you should just sell right now and cut your ties because they're all going to be all elite. That's basically it for for wrestling for this week. So now we're going to get into the all-star rosters. And first first and foremost, I want to ask you guys, because this is not the first time it's happened. It's not the second time. It's not the third time. A star is not going to the all-star game. And it's Alex Ovechkin. What are your thoughts of the all-star game? Is this a bad look for the NHL? I think this is the one guy that you want, like you pay to go see if you're going to go to the All-Star game. Because he's the one guy, he goes every single year, and he's one of the few guys that shows personality, him and Subban. So him canceling is uh, (laughs) kind of a wash of a weekend, in my opinion. It's just, he's a guy where... We saw in the when he did the skill competition, he had the glasses on the hat, the Superman cape, all that stuff. He's just so entertaining. And it's like... 
we're not going to get to see Ovechkin. Like a lot of kids, they basically look up to Ovi's a generational scorer, one of the best I've ever seen. And him now not going to the All-Star game, it's like, oh man, like we saw Crosby do it. I never thought that you would you would be doing it. You're a fucking you're a machine. Like you don't miss games. There should be some sort of punishment. For there is. It's a one game suspension. That's oh. all it is. That's should all it is. Some salary too, because like Ovechkin is an actual guy who has charisma, and uh, <laughs> he is, he a is. lot of guys need a shot of charisma, like a double dose. And uh, I, oh my God, it's just who other than Ovechkin and Subban will carry your attention watching an NHL All Star game? Like it's gonna be a rough. Because <laughs> like, you really need hours. those. You need those personalities because when you watch it, it's it's basically it's like us at Chancellor. It's a shinny yeah. game. Like no one's trying. It's like oh, you try to build up all of these great players play together, but everyone's half-assing it, and you don't get the full experience. So for me, the All Star game's kind of whatever, but. Yeah, Ovi billing out just makes it that much worse. Like in the NBA, I see their weekend is built so much more, and it's more entertaining. You have the slam dunk contest. All the stars are there that they actually want to be there and put on a show. With the NHL, it seems like they don't want to be like playing that weekend. They don't even want to bother being there, and I think it damages their overall product. Like They complain after when there's a lockout that, okay, we want 50-50, but Gary Bettman is like putting them in an oper- like a position here to like be entertaining and show like help the NHL get some more money from TV deals and everything, and they don't want to show up to the NHL All Star game. I think it's a bad look on the players. And then if you even want to build up more guys, if you want to raise that salary cap and have more stars in the league, you have to make people want to see them, and it will raise everyone's salary and build up a salary cap at the end of the day. So I'm kind of lost on why they. It's crazy to think how much the All-Star game has changed in the NHL because 2011, we got this whole new concept with drafting players. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like you draft your team, East versus West, Blue versus White, whatever. That was your, that was the team. But ever since this whole three-on-three tournament, um, I'm not going to lie. Like I have not really been that into it because at the end of the day, the NHL, when you're watching a game, it's not three on three. Yeah. It's five on five. And I've like I don't want to see a three on three guys just basically dangling and going around like half fasting, like Pinello said. And even some of the goalies, like I kind of see they're they get kind of like pissed off. Like I think it was two years ago. I don't remember who it was. I think they they were up like eight four. And one of the goalies was like actually like kind of pissed off. So like at the end of the day, if you're going to do three on three, at least try and go. But again, three on three, it's a lot more skating. They're, they get tired quicker. So, it, and isn't there like three games too? Like oh, back yeah, to it's back. It's like, a mini tournament yeah. they do. Ten minute period. I feel like you should just do one five on five game. <laughs> just do East versus West. That's my opinion. I feel like that's the best thing you could do. But again, it's Or go there. back to the draft where it's like you pick your own team, but five on five. I don't know. I don't like that three on three either. It's so How I would personally do it is I would vote who the captains are for the yeah. drafting teams. So like you have, I don't know, like you have like a list of 10 players, maybe the top 10 in scoring. You vote. Those are the two captains, maybe one East, one West. So let's say Crosby, McDavid. And then they draft their team, and then it's East versus West. That's what I would do. I wouldn't do this three-on-three thing. I think the draft for me is the most exciting part of the weekend because I just yeah. remember the when they traded Kessel. <laughs> and they say again, and all that buzz gets going around. It's that's a fun time for me. And then Kessel winning the car for getting picked last, and Ovechkin sniping that. That was hilarious on his on his little BlackBerry. That oh was awesome. God. That's what we want to see more of. Yeah. But what do you, what are you guys' thoughts on Sidney Crosby now taking over um, Ovechkin's spot? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't look. I don't know if it was Crosby because I didn't see his name in there before. 
But I'll read you the team. It's Aho Atkinson, Hall, Barzell, Giroux, Crosby, Jones, Carlson, Lundqvist, Holtby. So the guy that I could maybe see replace was maybe Barzell. I have no idea. Maybe he was the guy that did it because – oh, I also want to mention that Chris Letang is not on the team and he's having an unreal year. He's playing now. That's the most important thing. (laughs) I mean like, again, what's with all the forwards? Yeah. There's – there's seven forwards in 2D. Oh, the D got shafted. Like what? <laughs> And there's what? no Kessel, I don't think, or Malkin. They didn't no. make after the year they're having. Okay, I'm going to list you guys the D that made the All-Star. So there's eight D that made it all together. <laughs> and it's Chabot Yandel in the Atlantic. Wow. It's jo- it's Jones and Carlson in the Metro. It's Heiskanen and Yossi in the Central. And it's Carlson and Brent Burns. Two on one team in San Jose. Well, and they got a forward too that made it. Joe, Joe Pavelski. Oh, that's fair. That that's, nice. that's well deserving though. I, I gotta give that. I gotta give them that. But like, I just want to ask quickly: Is the All Star voting? Is it a problem? Is it really like? Is it a flaw? I mean, after you saying only eight defensemen have made the All Star. But that team. no, but that wasn't their thing. I think that was just like how they set it up. I guess because there's more forwards in the league that they want to bring in the game. Like, I, I have no idea. That's so stupid, though. That's why you should have five on You five. have seven forwards in 2D. I'd have five forwards in 4D. Yeah. I guess if you go five on five, then you add more of those guys in because there are a lot of guys missing from that list. Morgan Riley, Norris nominee, who's making a strong case that like he could even win it this year. He's not even. I'm not going to lie to you. To me, the three guys that should be in the Norris Trophy co- uh, conversation the most are not in it: Latang, Giordano, and Riley. Yeah. Those are the big three for me right now. And they're not even. And they're not in it. None of them are in it. Wow. Heiskanen's in it. I love the guy. He has 17 points, and he's a rookie. Rookie D made it over Ben and Sagan. I find that pretty funny. Even Shabbat, <laughs> he's a rookie. It's just like an official rookie because I think he had the nine games. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. The one guy that, like, I really love making the team this year, I said this to Piniella last night, Ryan O'Reilly. Love love that he made the All-Star game. He is the definition of a hockey player. Um, To me, the Central probably looks the scariest. They have Kane, McKinnon, Rantanen, O'Reilly, Wheeler, Shifley. Their low point is Heiskanen, and then they have Yossi, and then Dubnik and Rene in that. So having Shifley, Wheeler, McKinnon, and Rantanen all on a team, and don't forget Patrick Kane. At the Atlantic, they got Stamkos, Tavares, Matthews, Kucherov. I think that's after that. Just yeah, but they're de sucked though. They have Yandel and Chabot. That's awful. Yeah, it's good. All you need is put Stamkos on the back, have Tavares and Matthews up top, and then you flip them off. All right, Matthews come off, put Kucherov. Just have three forwards just shooting. By the way, you want to know what's hilarious with the Atlantic team? You want to know who are, who their goalies are? Carey okay. Price and Jimmy Howard. Oh yeah, yeah it seems right. It seems about right. Let's go. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. I would have put. I would have put maybe not Jimmy Howard. Obviously, you can't put Freddie. There's already. Two leaps on the team. I'd probably put. Call me crazy, Carter Hutton. Maybe I don't oh, know. Man. I didn't. Vasilevsky's made a strong comeback. Well, because again, you have Stamkos and Kucherov. Yeah, I still wouldn't put Price. Like he hasn't well, been impressive in five years. I don't even know why. I don't know why Keith Yandel is on the team. I love him. I think he's having a great year. Yeah. But Morgan Riley needs that spot. Yeah. Take out. I would even maybe take out Austin Matthews. Yeah, I would. Same because 
Um, Marner's been yeah, better. Marner's been there, and but Morgan Riley, like you haven't seen that before. Leap defenseman getting all those points. Like didn't he have forty last year? Forty five or forty nine last year? I think he had fifty last year. Yeah, he's at what forty four now. Oh well, yeah, he'll That's smash insane. it. And he's a defenseman. <laughs> well, I saw Howard though, not even thinking positionally. I just saw Jimmy Howard's name. And I'm like, why the fuck is he there? <laughs> like, like, is this a typo can't... from the 2008 All-Star game? I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> where's Nyquist and Larkin? He's like, oh, no, you can't have this many forwards. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like the Atlantic is all offensive. You have Matthews, you have Stamkos, Tavares, Pasternak, Marshawn didn't even make it. Like, it's – I'm actually happy about that. Yeah, me I too. I was just going to say, like, good. But, uh, yeah, I'm very surprised with, like, a lot of names, like – like okay, Pedersen, you had to put it. You had to yeah. put him in the All Star game. You had to do that. But Sebastian Aho, I just want to talk about him quickly for a second because he was a guy that when he got drafted, everyone's like, "This is a reach." What are they thinking? He's a small little Finn. He's not going to do anything. Goes to Carolina. It's his team already, and he's been amazing. And how about Cam Atkinson? This guy has him in fantasy. Every year. You you fucking know it, buddy. Like, yeah, all that guy does is score goals. I'll never forget. Two years ago, I'm at my dad's friend's house, and I give this guy like nine different players. And the last guy on the list was Cam Atkinson. He's like, you know what? Go with Cam Atkinson. I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. And he, I think that was the year he got like 37 goals. At that time, he seems to – he was like flying under the radar. I think like five years in a row, he scored 20 goals, and no one – knew it because he's playing second line on Columbus so yeah why the hell would you know it and now he's a he's a prominent player in this league playing beside Panarin so before we get off this topic who was the biggest snub you think was it would you say Morgan Riley yeah. was the biggest snub I think Morgan Riley I think uh I think Braden Point too is uh another big name he's having a good year yeah to me I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Mark Giordano I think just what he's done this year it's been fantastic but again Goudreau's already on the team Monaghan didn't even make the team so it's it's very tough to kind of. I think they should change it next year. The format, everything about it. it. They tried it the three on three. They tried the draft, and now they experimented with this little thing with the divisions. Try it again. Do a vote and again, like we saw two it. years ago with the whole All Star voting that John Scott made it. Oh yeah, like, and like come on, man, like, <laughs> like that's what are you doing there. And it's cool for him to get his opportunity and shit, but, like, I'm a fucking better player than him, man. Come on. I remember watching him. We're like, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. a good feel-good story. Then a few weeks later, we sit back and we're like, why did that happen? <laughs> Another guy that they're saying was a big snub was Dreisaitl, and I don't yeah. know about that. I feel like... When you play with McDavid, it's... That's what's going to happen. Like, he's a center tied there. But enough about the All-Star game. I, wanna, I now want to get into tonight's game. And uh, tonight's game is huge. We're basically going to finish on this. Actually, Pinello, I want you to ask this question. So the Raptors and the Spurs, first time since the trade happened. Thoughts on both players and the reception each player will get from their old teams. All right. So Kawhi Leonard. Uh, oh, it's in San Antonio, it is, is yeah. it? San Antonio. Oh. So I think there's going to be some booze because <laughs> not only did he not play for a lot last oh, year, God. like nine games, but... There was a lot of rumors that he could have played and he chose not to, but like he chose his health. Popovich wasn't uh, on speaking terms with them in the summer. Kawhi Leonard avoided him, but Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk as it is. So I don't know. I think Kawhi Leonard might not get... He might be 50-50, I think. He was an MVP there. He was. Finals MVP when they beat the They Miami dominated heat. the Heat that and year. And then uh, DeMar DeRozan is always going to get a good reception when he comes to Toronto because of what he did for the team and how loyal he was. Masai Ujiri, whole other story. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those two guys aren't going to talk. But I think Kawhi, 
won't get the best of receptions. They'll just maybe show a short tribute. Thanks for your time. A little clap, but he's going to get booed. I feel like this is a year. I feel like this is a year. I feel like this is a game where DeMar DeRozan is going to get the most love in the building. Yeah. Just based off of it's going to rub off Kawhi's heat. So I, I agree with you. I think that Kawhi's going to come back. I feel like when he enters the building, I don't know why. I feel like it's going to just rain booze. I don't know why. I don't see a lot of people cheering just based off of last year alone. I get it. He won the finals MVP. He carried them to that championship. Mind you, he did have Duncan. He had Ginobili. He had all those guys there. But what he did last year was one of the most disappointing things of the year and basically sitting out the whole year because I don't want to play here. So if I'm San Antonio fans, I'm, I'm booing Kawhi Leonard coming back. But... DeMar DeRozan, I would not be surprised if this guy drops 50 points tonight. I feel like, uh, you know what, maybe I'll say the other way around. I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi drops like a lot of points. He's coming off a career 45-point game. He's definitely, I feel like he's very heated coming into this game and very driven and very focused. So I feel like uh, the Raptors are going to give him a lot of touches this game and it's going to be scary. You know what I think is going to happen? Nick Nurse, uh, you know, we saw with him and Casey how... He came in and took the job, and they pretty much said, oh, yeah, his offense sometimes wasn't getting through to Casey. I think tonight, uh, DeRozan coming in, he's going to be like, I have Kawhi now. I want Kawhi Leonard guarding DeMar DeRozan the whole game he's on the floor. He's going to make DeMar DeRozan's life a living hell tonight. And I think DeMar's going to get frustrated, and I think that's what we're going to see. Maybe 25 points for DeMar. And Kawhi Leonard is going to have a better game. I mean, this is the one of the biggest games of the year. But I feel like the one in Toronto is going to be it's going to be insurmountable. Yeah. It's going to be way bigger because Demar Derozan coming back. I, I swear, if anyone boos him coming back, yeah, I will swear punch them in the face because <laughs> what he did, Leonard. what he did for this franchise is historic. You got to get the statue. You got to put it there. You got to get a statue for him. A lot of people are saying Vince Carter's the best Raptor of all time. I, I think Demar Derozan's the best Raptor of all time. The stuff that he's done over the years, he basically got drafted by when, when he got drafted to the Raptors in 09, our team was terrible. Yeah. We had nobody. Chris Bosh, that was basically it. He then he fucked off and went yeah. to Miami. So our starting guys was like, I don't even remember. I think it was like DeMar DeRozan, Villanueva, and a couple other guys. Calderon. We were bad. We were not a good team. But when DeMar DeRozan comes back against San Antonio here, or against Toronto here, I feel like he's going to just go off. I, I don't know why. I feel like, you know how we saw in the playoffs, how it was ISO, it was all DeMar. It's like, yeah, just DeMar's in the, all the offense. Just go go to the line, drive in the net, get those two points and go to the foul line. I feel like he's going to do that all game in Toronto. And I don't know how many points he's going to drop. I, can you see him doing a Kobe? Can you see him dropping 60 points? That'd be cool. I mean, I, I, he's just one of my favorites in the league and I want to see him do well, but... It's tough to tell, man. I feel like Kawhi and Demar, this one-for-one one trade, we don't see it enough in the NBA. So, like, when you see these two teams collide, it's it's huge. It's a big deal. So, how much of an impact do you think this game has on the NBA tonight? I think they should have put this on Christmas Day, to be honest. Like, I think they oh, missed. This an is a whole other. This oh. is all the hype that's around <laughs> this game. They missed an opportunity playing those crappy Knicks on TV. I don't know what's wrong with them, but the Knicks. Uh, this team, like Demar suck. Derozan, and like. People forget, like, when they say Kyle Lowry, oh, they had Lowry after. Kyle Lowry was plan B. Like, they wanted Steve Nash, and then they settled for Kyle Lowry. And then DeMar DeRozan helped, was instrumental in making Kyle Lowry the player he is, more determined and more committed. So 
at Lowry, I hope when he comes back, he realizes like this is the reception Demar's going to get when he comes to Toronto. You got to put in more, stay healthy all year because he's had been injury prone last since every year he's been in the playoffs. There's always an injury with him, so I think Lowry really has to readjust and do something that Demar does. Demar's always taking care of his body. He's more durable all year. We need Lowry to be durable and especially going into the playoffs with. Kawhi Leonard. I just feel like this game is it might be one of the most viewed in the whole year other than you had um the war this no what was it yeah the Warriors and Lakers on oh, yeah. uh, Christmas Day that was pretty big but this game it's huge I feel like Kawhi Leonard is going to go off um whether he gets booed or cheered doesn't matter Kawhi's a freak he's a top five player in the league um DeMar DeRozan is a guy where he could dominate the game when he's out there he we've seen it in Toronto Again, everyone is not perfect. You know, there's games where they're cold as ice. They don't score. Um, if DeMar's covered by Kawhi tonight, maybe we'll see that. I'm not sure. That'll just make the booze even louder. <laughs> so um, this game to me is one of the biggest of the year. And it's a shame that I'm going to have to miss it or miss some of it. But I'm definitely going to watch it tonight. And like you said with Kyle Lowry, I feel like DeMar DeRozan is a big part of of Kyle Lowry's success as a Toronto Raptor because, again, he got traded here and not a lot of people knew him. Like, he was a part of the Rudy Gay trade. It's like, oh, uh, Kyle Lowry, three-team trade? Okay, cool. Point guard, let's see let's see how he does. And he comes in and he's one of the best point guards that the Raptors have ever had. So you got to thank DeMar DeRozan. You got to thank whoever made that trade. And the chemistry that those two had alone basically solidifies what the Raptors organization was for the last seven years and that those two guys were the most loyal guys in the dressing room. And you, you trade them just out of nowhere. And I'll never forget, I read a tweet where DeMar said he was in the parking lot of a Target when he found that out. And apparently he sat in his car for an hour, just like, he was just like, just stunned. Like he was just in his car, didn't say anything, just taking it all in. And that's saying something and how much he loved Toronto. So... I mean, it's going to be crazy tonight. It's going to be crazy when the Spurs come to Toronto. And it's going to be crazy for the NBA in general because this is one of the biggest feuds in um, Messiah Jury and DeMar DeRozan, at least for the year. This is a big feud, and it can get very heated. Even I think. Popovich and Kawhi, that's another big one. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me started. A lot of people don't appreciate Popovich. Yeah. You've, been, you've been coached by him for eight years, nine years. You come in the league. You were supposed to play for the Pacers, mind you. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, was, it was Kawhi Leonard for Paul George in that trade. That's one of the biggest draft day trades of all time, if I, in my opinion. Those two guys are superstars now. But you you play with Popovich for eight years. You win a title, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to play here anymore. Like, I don't really care. It's like you have the best coach in the world coaching you. Just suck it up and play with the team you have. And he didn't do that. So, again. Now we got Kawhi. So now we got Kawhi. So I, I went from not liking him <laughs> to liking him. So, I'm biased as hell. Uh, That's basically. We don't mean it. Just sign, please. (laughs) Kawhi, I love you. Please just sign with this team. But that's basically it for this week. Talking about all elite, WWE, NHL, our random comments about life and shit. And uh, that's basically it. Alina, you want to finish this off? Yeah. So happy new year. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ITZ underscore podcast, Facebook at ITZ podcast, Instagram at ITZ underscore podcast. And you can download this podcast on iTunes, Google Play. You can check it out on YouTube if you want, if you prefer that, or Mixcloud if you want the MP3 version. And uh, take care.